the Application Security Podcast. Here we go. another episode of the Application Security Podcast. On this week's episode, Robert and Chris are attending AppSec USA, where they are joined by Tin Zoff, an advocate for mod security. He dives into its background, use of rules, and advantages. As always, thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello, friends. In this episode of the AppSec Podcast, Chris and I are here in Orlando, Florida. We're at the AppSec USA 2017 conference. And today we have uh, Tin Zhao with us, and he's going to be uh, talking about some of the things that he's talking about here at the conference. Uh, welcome, Tin. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, one of the things that we do when we uh, do our podcast is that we ask for uh, someone to tell us their, their superhero story or security superhero story. Everybody has an origin. And uh, so you know, what, what is... Uh, how did you get into security? Tell us yeah, about that. So I, I think mine will probably be more like the security practitioner story. Okay. You know, um, so I started uh, getting into uh, IT or computer industry by uh, being a programmer. So I started writing code for the networks and infrastructure. And then I started ma- uh, writing code, making security products. And from making security products, do I switch into making secure products, mm-hmm. which uh, I help companies uh, to make secure web application products, you know, and then that's when I started to get involved with um, OWASP. And now I'm a, uh, one of the, I lead one of the uh, projects here, and also I'm a heavy user of this uh, mod security, uh, both the core rule set and the engine. Okay, and where you're coming in from, what, what company again? Yes, um, so my day job, I work at uh, Verizon. Okay. I, I lead uh, the security professional services for their customers who are on our, our CDN, Content Delivery Network, and we help protect them from you know, external threats like a web application exploits and so on. So before we jump into the, the details of what we're actually here to talk about, what you said you actually run a different OWASP project? Yes. Which, which project do you run? Um, automated threats to web applications. Oh, very cool. Okay, great. I'm familiar with that. Excellent. How long have you been doing that? About a year and a half, you know, I, I met, I have known Colin Watson, you know, who started the project for a while, and uh, we started talking, and he he was presenting about this project and was looking for a co-leader, and that didn't sink in for me for a while, about six months later, I thought, maybe I can help him with that, because I have seen a lot of these automated threats and automated attacks, you know, through my day job, so we started talking, and we started updating, you know, the handbook to version 1.1, working on the 1.2, and so on. Okay, yes, yeah, so I've seen the book. That's how I knew about it. Excellent. You'll have to have you come back and talk about that at a different time. I hope so, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about mod security first, but that's I put that in the back of my mind for uh, yeah, a future talk. Absolutely. Thank you. So, yes, tell us about what you're talking about here at the conference. Yes, so uh, my talk is about, you know, how to use mod security and how to have the right expectations out of, you know, uh, either mod security or any web application firewall that you would be using. So, you know, it's about understanding it, setting the right expectations and how to continuously manage, you know, a web device. 
Okay, so tell us what is a, for our listeners, what is a WAF? Uh, we've heard that term before, it's been out there, probably developers have heard of it, but what is it? Tell us about that. Yeah, so the main characteristics of WAF is that it operates at the application level, in this case, you know, HTTP level, right? And it can see through the HTTP uh, transactions because it operates on the web server, and that's after the SSO decryption has happened. So it can look at you know your web traffic. You can it can see you know what kind of payload being uh, is going toward and what kind of response is going back and things like that. It can also uh, work at the network level information, things like the IP address and geo location and so on. Okay, and so where does that fit in? Let's say you have a firewall, you have um, your website and other things are going on behind the website in the server. Where does that fit in? that scheme of things. Right, so generally, you know, there are two ways to uh, deploy WAF. So one is as an embedded into your web server, right? So whether you're using Nginx or IIS or uh, uh, Apache, right? Uh, there's a more security has a module that gets uh, built into, that get compiled into that. Uh, the other way to do that is at, the, at a proxy level. So that proxy can be, you know, integrated into your load balancer or it can be part of the CDN that you're using. And that's where you can also deploy your web application firewall. Okay, okay, very good. And so uh, t tell us a little bit more about uh, what is mod security? And it, so it's a, it, it is a kind of web, it sounds like, or help support uh, that sort of thing. So tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so mod security is um, really one of the you know, success stories of OWASP. And it started as an uh, open source project by the gentleman named Ivan Ristic back in 2002. And it has been you know, growing uh, in user base and uh, still going strong with the new releases and new uh, people actively working on that. And there are some principles behind you know, web uh, security that is to be open, to be flexible, and also to be passive in monitoring things so it doesn't interfere with the traffic or the pattern you know, uh, unless you tell it to do so and predictable behavior in that, you know, what you see is what you get. These uh, rules are open and visible by everyone, so you know what these rules do, and you get the predictable behavior out of it. Okay, so when you say it's open, is it uh, the source code? Is it, what, how is it uh, implemented? Yes, so um, Moss Security is an open source project, and actually it is open source projects in that there are two components related to Moss Security. Uh, one is what we call the engine, right? The engine is just an empty set of rules, but it has you know ability to uh, execute these rules. And the other more security project is what we call the core rule set, and that is the standard and the basic you know rule set for going together with the more security uh, engine. So they are two different projects, but they work very closely and they are deployed as a package together. Okay. So maybe we can back up a little bit and see. When we're talking about mod security, does, where does mod security actually fit in the architecture here? So um, I, I feel like uh, I, I'm, I really don't know the answer to that. So I'm curious right. as far as where, where, do, where do I put this mod security thing? Right. So uh, this mod security, the combination of engine and the rule set, you can put it in inside your web server, right? So uh, whether you're running Apache or IIS or Nginx, you can use it as a mod. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a module inside the web server. That's one way to deploy that. The other way to deploy that as a, as a proxy, somewhere in between you know, the user browser and your application or web server. 
right? So that would be like your load balancer, you know, or you know, SSO terminator in your data center, or it could be at the CDN or content delivery network. You know, so it's like a web. So you you could actually take a web server and install mod security on it, but it doesn't actually host the applications Correct. itself. It's acting yes. as that proxy function. Or something. And then the other option would be to install mod security directly on the web server. That is correct. To, okay, okay. So, okay, I have a better idea now about kind of where, where these things are. Great. And, and you, you mentioned, uh, so those two different things, too, the engine and the, and the core rule set. Uh, in terms of the rule set, how, do, how are those managed? Are they um, uh, something that... Uh, a team would have to build themselves, or there are a bunch of rules that are already in place. I mean, how does that work? Yeah, so the, the goal behind core rule set is to give you a bunch of rules in place so that you can get started. And these rules are geared toward addressing the issues defined in OWASP top 10, right? Okay. So things like uh, cross-site scripting, SQL injection, mm -hmm. remote file inclusion, and so on that are defined in the uh, OWASP top 10. So you can get started with that core rule set. Okay, okay. And then what about adding new rules? How does that work typically? Yeah, so uh, Moz Security provides you with the flexibility to write your own rules. So if you have like the custom vulnerability or, you know, some custom policy that you want to enforce, so um, it provides a language called the set rules. And you can write, you know, any, basically any uh, rule that your heart desires and deploy that uh, with your deployment. Okay. And uh, so, tell me some of the other things uh, that that it provides to you. Why, you know, if you're if you're talking to a team and and they're wondering why should I do this or you know, what are some some things I need to know in addition to just setting it up? I mean, what is it what is it giving you benefits? I guess is another way of saying it. But yeah, tell me about that. Yeah. So some of the benefits that a WAF can give you, give you, and especially the you know mod security is designed to give you, is to provide you with the attack detection. Right, so it knows like you know when a suspicious pattern or attack pattern is coming toward you, right? And also the option for attack mitigation in that um, you can either block, choose to block that suspicious traffic or the attack traffic, or you can choose to just log it and flag it and you uh, take a look at it later. It also gives you uh, another option for what we call the virtual patching, that is like when your framework or your application breaks, but you need to buy some time to have it fixed. So, you know, while you're updating your code or recompiling your application, it'll be much easier and faster to write a more security rule to block, you know, certain traffic from coming in and taking advantage of that vulnerability. You can also use it for policy enforcement. For example, like, you know, you don't want to deal with certain IP uh, blocks or certain countries, or you don't want to support certain HTTP verbs like, you know, options or profile and so on. So you can uh, use mod security to, um, to, to enforce your own policies against, you know, the incoming HTTP. So from the use case that you just described about using it to buy yourself more time, uh, can you walk us through kind of like an example of how that, because like I'm thinking about the big, I mean, there's a big vulnerability. If anybody's yes. been living under a rock for the last month, then they, they haven't heard about this Equifax breach and the struts vulnerability that's been kind of tossed around is potentially being the challenge there. So if we were using the struts vulnerability as an example, like what would you, what would be kind of the steps you would go through using mod security to buy yourself more time? Right. That's a great question. And, you know, very relevant uh, given the time today. Um, there, were, there wasn't just one strike vulnerability, right? There was a, a, a few, at least a couple of strike vulnerabilities. Um, and if you walk through the sequence of events, right? So uh, 
the vulnerable vulnerability was discovered and reported to you know Apache Foundation in this case uh, by a researcher and they fixed it. They released Apache released a new version of the struct framework and they tell everybody that hey you know uh, you have this issue please use this latest updated version. You as a developer would have to download that patch or download that uh, new framework. You recompile your code and you do uh, all your QA testing, make sure that you know it doesn't have any negative side effects related to that. And that takes time, right? That may mm -hmm. take week or weeks, right? And that is when you're a fully functioning, you know, worldwide machine, secure development lifecycle and all that, right? But you're still vulnerable during that time. What more security gives you is the ability to write that rule just to block uh, that vulnerability from being exploited and you deploy that and that will take days instead of weeks and that applies you like you know one or two extra weeks to take your time to fix it right and deploy it and you can take that rule away if you want or you can keep that rule just to see like you know who else might be attacking you with that vulnerability that gives you some visibility into you know your traffic okay so you're watching for certain patterns looking for certain things uh, how would you how would you code that how would you write uh, let's say for that example how would you look for those kinds of things what how easy right. or right difficult? so well it is moderately complex you know it's not uh, a rocket science you know a good programmer can do it uh, at the heart of these uh, more security rules are regex reg regular expressions okay. right so you have to be comfortable with them and on top of that you know you have to know like what parameter that you want to inspect you know what http method that you want to block or allow so uh, and and things like that so you uh, write the regex you provide the context for the regex to run or to inspect and you deploy the rule where does the regex come from can you figure that out based on the disclosure that came, like when they published the uh, CVE entry? Is there in enough? most cases, yes, because okay. you know that you know your vulnerable uh, path or the parameter or the uh, you know the cookie or you know how, how how your framework is vulnerable. So usually that information is either included in the uh, proof of concept code or you know if not, you can ask the researcher directly, like you know, hey, how do you actually exploit that and how did you come up with that? And you can uh, write a signature based on that information. Do those rules get? Is there like? Is there going to be a rule? Is there a place to share the rules? Because like you're saying, OWASP top ten is kind of the core rules focus, which that would sound like a modern a vulnerability that just hit wouldn't wouldn't kind of fit into that OWASP top ten. Is there a place where people can share them so that not everybody has to build this from scratch? Yeah. So a couple of uh, uh, ways to do that. So one is a commercial support for you know. Uh, creating and publishing these rules is provided by a company called uh, Trustway. They are also okay. supporter of uh, this uh, more security project. Uh, the other way that uh, what uh, the more security core team is called, rule set team is talking about is to have kind of like a temporal database of you know contemporary rules that people can contribute to and they can pull down. So that wouldn't be really part of the core rule set, but that would be you know urgent and relevant stuff that people may care about that anybody can contribute mm -hmm. and share. Okay. All right. So uh, you got some rules, you're, you're putting it in place, you're running it. And so tell me about just running it for a while. What are you, what are you seeing? What are the results? What, what are some logging? What, what are the kinds of things that may come out of uh, the uh, of mod security, for example, that uh, somebody needs to look at? 
Yeah, so um, one thing about you know using uh, Moss Security or any web application firewall in general is they are not fixed at all. They are not set it and forget it. Okay. Right. What that means is that you know you need to uh, you need care and feeding of the machine on these devices. Right. So uh, that means that you know regularly uh, looking at these logs and outputs and continuously fine tuning. You know uh, some of the dealing with the false positives. You know dealing with things that might. Uh, that you might have missed because you know your configuration was uh, a little too cautious on the false positive side, or it, it could also be like the framework breakage that we just talked about, or it could be the newly discovered vulnerability in your application that you know you need to update your firewall to protect that again. So um, okay. yeah, continuous management is the key in successfully using any web, and especially more security. Okay. Do you see that uh, people? Uh because of some of the, maybe there's extra overhead, I'm not sure, that they say, well, you know, we tried a web, but we're not using it anymore. I mean, is that why that might happen? Yeah, I, I have seen a number of, you know, uh, both our customers and other uh, projects or, you know, companies that try to use either web or more security, and they uh, ended up like, oh, there are too many alarms, too many alerts, you know, I don't know how to manage it. Um, you can get professional help in that case. You know, uh, you may not have the staff on your, um, uh, you know, on your team to have the expertise. But you know, there are a number of you know commercial entities that can provide you with, you know, these uh, help on this managing your web. Okay. Okay. So there's different um, there's different products. So there's commercial WAFs, mm -hmm. right? And then there's Mod Security and maybe using rule sets from another a vendor who's helping you to provide this. Uh, what what's the reason? Why would I use mod security over some commercial WAF, WAF, whatever we want to call it? Right, right. Uh, well, one thing to note is like a number of commercial WAFs are based on mod security. You know, some admit it and some don't. <laughs> but good to know. Yeah, uh, but you know, the, the real benefit that you get from using mod security is the openness, right? That you get with any open source software. And you can inspect it. You can look at it. You can look at the regex itself. There's no black magic here. You don't need to send your data to the cloud, right? That your data stays inside your web server, and the regex that that is executing, it's predictable. It doesn't ex execute two ways, right? Okay. How about the, the web itself? Is there, are there uh, different tests against that itself? I mean, in terms of is there potential compromise of you know just another thing I've added? I've changed my attack surface. It's no longer at my web server necessarily. It's something in front of it. But do you know anything about that in terms of just making sure that's up to date or any patches or anything like that that sometimes might have to be applied? Right. Um, you know, at this moment, there, there's no known uh, vulnerability in the mod security engine. Okay. Um, the rules are as effective as it is written. It does very well of what it's written for. Right, but your you know your use case might fall outside of what has been defined. In that case, you know you have the ability to extend it by writing your own rule or modifying the existing behavior of the rule. Mm -hmm. um, one thing to note also is like if you if you're deploying that in, as in a reverse proxy mode in another machine, mm -hmm. uh, you need to protect you know your origin web servers from some attacker bypassing the proxy. So you need to you know blacklist the rest of the traffic but only whitelist that proxy you know okay. wherever that proxy is sure. so um, yeah you, they, they're case that you need to be doing but um, okay so there's still some things if you're like you said the reverse proxy 
to be aware of that just setting it up is not enough. You need to think about a couple other things here too. That's okay. correct. Good to know. Good to know. So if somebody wanted to get started, so let's say one of our listeners hears this and they say, oh, mod security, that sounds really cool. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend to them? What's a good place to, to kind of get your feet wet or jump into using mod security? Yes. Yeah, so um, luckily there's a book that just came out like about a couple of months ago written by you know the guys who started this, Ivan, and also the guy who is actively maintaining this core rule set. Uh, his name is Christian. Um, he, uh, they, 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 there's a second edition of this book called the Mod Security Handbook, and that is a really good, you know, brotherly guide to getting uh, you through that journey of, you know, installing and deploying and care and maintenance of more security. Okay, good, good. Are there any other uh, resources, um, blogs, or anything like that to, to uh, get on? Right, so more security coral said both are active projects. They're taking feedback from um, users. Okay. So uh, please, you know, that only makes the project stronger and open source go farther. Okay, so you can go there, you can look and see what issues may be there or uh, follow what's going on. And, and, and exactly, and especially that, you know, whether you like particular rules or you don't like particular rules, some rules can be too noisy and some rules can work, you know, so that kind of feedback, even when things are working, it's helpful to the developers to, you know, what to keep and what to modify. Okay, great. Okay, Tim, um, are there any uh, other things that you'd like to tell us about uh, mod security or about your talk uh, at the conference here? Yes, yeah, so uh, my talk is at 11.30 a.m., uh, just before the lunchtime tomorrow on Friday. Um, the closing thought is that, you know, webs have become essential components in secure web application uh, deployment. And that thinking has, you know, uh, evolved over time from like, oh, you know, we don't need WAF to, like, oh, WAF buys your time. And today the thinking, the general thinking among the OWASP community is that, oh, yeah, WAF should be a standard part of the secure deployment. So I just want to end with that thought. Okay, great. Well, Tim, thank you. And we appreciate you joining us today here for the AppSec podcast at AppSec USA 2017. Everybody have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please do us a favor and visit the iTunes store and give us a five-star rating. Our intro music is 8-Bit Kung Fu by Born and TJ, and the outro is Southern Delight by Stefan Kartenberg. You can find us on Twitter at AppSecPodcast or on the web at www.appsecpodcast.org.